Well, welcome everyone to Smarter. And remember, I'm Jess Umpish, your host, and we're here to get smarter together. I've got a just a great guest today, a good friend of mine that's been growing over the last couple of years. I got Derek Lunston coming in. Uh, how are you, Derek? I'm awesome, Jess. I'm really glad to be here with you today. Thank you. Yeah, that. well, it's good good to have you here. Um, Derek is the president and chief culture officer of Life Guides. But before I take all of your thunder, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about your role. Tell us a little bit about your, your organization, because really kind of who you are and your organization, to me, they feel so symbiotic that it's hard to probably tell where one starts and one finishes. In my I, Thank you for that. I'm very complimented by that. That is part of the intention. So I appreciate that you see that and that that's coming through clearly for for the, for the marketplace and for people at large. So uh, yeah, I have, I have been an executive at LifeGuide since the founding in many respects. I was an early investor um, because I believed in the idea of connecting people for wisdom sharing, for connection broadly, for empathetic relationships. And also because I believe that through relationships, we can create healthier businesses, healthier families, healthier communities, um, and really help people to be at their best. And that's a key driver of what I have done throughout my career as an entrepreneur, as a business leader, and something I believe fully. Uh, I have personally committed to my own ongoing spiritual, emotional leadership growth in all aspects. And one of those aspects with Jess, you know, I talked about early on is I'm a, I'm a husband and a dad of three young kids. And so that process alone is a daily reminder of uh, that mortality and also the fact that this is a, a daily experience of testing the edges and learning what we're doing. And I carry those lessons on my family side into what I do in the business uh, day to day. I have responsibility for helping to lead the culture, obviously. So exemplifying and helping to cultivate our core values, which I'll share a little bit about, the clear values that Life Guides lives by, as well as really just building out the team, building out the vision for the product and the marketplace that we're serving. Uh, I also have the privilege to host the Rebels with a Heart podcast series that we've also had a chance to chat on. And that yep. allows me to really, again, use your word of evangelizing our mission to the world uh, around how human connection can, can foster those relationships. So yeah, that's a quick background. Happy to jump in. But um, there's so much here that we're going to get into. So thanks. Jeff. Well, I think what I love about that introduction, though, it's not about what you do. It's how you do it is almost what I'm hearing. And that's that spiritual connection, which we'll dive into at some point. Yeah. Um, but let's walk into the rebels with a rebels with a heart. When you yeah. contacted me and invited me to come in uh, to really be a leader representing and you have a kind of a hard hitting kind of bare knuckle kind of raw kind of style in your yeah. podcast. Um, but asked me to come in and talk about my authenticity as a leader. And yeah. it was just a fantastic, uh, fantastic uh, time with you. Talk to me about Rebels with a Heart, though, because it certainly emulates what I'm hearing. But pull that all together and how that yeah. fits. Yeah, absolutely. So we had we've been building life guides for several years prior to the pandemic uh, in terms of building out the technology, validating this peer support model building out the topics, a lot of the considerations for how this product could work. And what we found with our early kind of testing partners, for lack of a better term, is there were certain attributes about them, the leaders, the people who bought the service themselves or were interested in what we were doing, as well as the company cultures. And the best way I can describe it is that they were this concept of, of quote unquote conscious leaders. And I believe, Jess, you are also an example of that. But they're people that in their, in their core essence, they believe in Business can be a platform for creating goodness and creating change, can create, can be an environment for moving resources 
to build new systems and better ways of doing things and mobilize and create ways to bring people together to do good work in the world. And also that these companies and these people believe in that by investing in people and their families, and they can create a healthier model for how value is being exchanged and create a better system for people flourishing overall that creates you know, sustainable business, sustainable companies, sustainable communities. And that was what we saw. So the idea was, hey, there's a subset of people that are already there, but the business world is moving. And who's going to drive that change? It's the emerging leaders of tomorrow, the future C-suite leaders, the quote unquote rebels with a heart in these companies that believe these things and know these things, but they're not yet driving the corporate ship strategy and resources that they yeah, will be in the future. And yep. we said, how do we spotlight them? How do we how do we build a community around them? How do we help people know that there's other people like this in the world that are looking and yearning to do this work together? And that with this movement together, we can drive the resources forward and we can build the companies of tomorrow. We said, let's let's build that series and create it. And so we did. And we did all the pre-production and we had our first few episodes and scheduled and we went live with the first interview series which just so happened to launch the very same week that the lockdown happened in 2020 of covid wow and, and so serendipitously i believe that idea of spotlighting people first human first leadership organizations and systems became not just the concept of spotlighting these hidden rebels but rather becoming a model for what we do in life guides which is people who don't know what they're doing, sharing resources with people who may have a skill or a perspective or an idea in certain areas. And all of a sudden, the crowdsourcing of wisdom, empathy, and possibility in real time creates new possibilities, right? Yes. And that's what happened. And that's really what's brought, what's brought forward. And so it's a passion project for me, Jess, as you know, I do it because I love it. I love to meet with interesting people. I love to help build communities and connect people. But it also builds the network of what Life Guides is serving and building into and creates a foundation for the coming decades of our work. So. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Um, so uh, a couple of things I want to I want to uh, pull the string on a little bit there. One of them is this idea that um, there's an insinuation with how you talk and even how you live your life. And it's certainly something that I believe in, but it's become a hot topic in the world of HR and yeah. in human capital with leaders is bringing your whole self to work. Because yeah. we've had this model in the past as a CHRO, um, I've had this model in the past is, hey, let your personal life be your personal life, your professional life be your professional life, and don't let those two mix. Yes. And if your personal life comes into your professional life, it could impact your ability to perform. So make sure you put on the armor, you put on the mask, you step yeah. into the office, you do your battle. And if you have to be exhausted or anxious or depressed or have family crisis or illness, do that on your own time, right? Yeah. There was that kind of mentality, I think a corporate mentality from the past. And again, I'm not judging it one way or the other. Yeah. It is a way to do something, right? Yeah. The question then becomes, is it the healthiest way of doing something? And what I think happened with the pandemic is that all of those those shells kind of got torn away yeah. and people started to actually see everybody's life, literally, physically. Yes. By going on Zoom, all of a sudden you were in someone's home. You saw their cat. You understood that they did wear shorts every once in a while. You saw cool. the books they read on the back of their, uh, on the back of their mantle. Um, and all of a sudden now people became more human and people gave themselves permission and others to be human with them. Yes. So this whole idea of bringing your whole self to work, that's something I know that's prominent in your mindset. Do you feel like 
you can have both and this idea of yes. I can be a dad and a uncle and a founder and a president and a leader and a human bring that all to work and still be productive and help companies have success, bottom line success. So the simple answer is yes, yes, yes. And yeah. it requires a lot of intentionality. It requires a lot of effort. It requires a lot of experimentation, a lot of iteration. And I just want to say something that you, that you pointed out is that, you know, what we had, what we've done as a culture, what we did as a business environment worked on some level. It, it does serve a purpose, right? Yeah. It, it allowed us to be where we are. And there's such a, you know, this is one of the things that I've talked a lot about is that there's always a desire to throw out and criticize what was, but the reality is we wouldn't be here without it. And so let's, exactly. let's, let's appreciate that and also recognize that we're constantly evolving as, as part of living is evolving and evolving and both personally, but as, as in our relationships and our businesses and our systems. And I think what the word that's really come to mind as the last few years for me is this idea of integration where we're integrating all these different dimensions of ourselves. And, and I don't think integration is the right word because it's become overutilized. I think wholeness is actually a better description is that we are whole human beings and that we have layers to ourselves and these different identities and skills and fears and opportunities that we all have as human beings. And this is not only, you know, it's linear, but it's also nonlinear at the same time, our, our existence as people, right? And so to your point, you know, I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I'm a businessman, I'm a student, right? I'm all these things all the time and, and they require me to lean in. And there's sometimes where you need to put on the armor and be ready to go to battle. Yeah, there's sometimes where you need to surrender to collective wisdom and emotionality and what is, what is being asked for in the moment? And that's the balance. That's the that's the the artfulness, if you will, of I think what it means to be a leader in this emerging new model that we're moving into. And again, there's a role for business performance. There's a role for metrics and systems. I they they will help us to get to where we need to go. But I believe that there's also a, a more a more whole future where more people are included and people are performing better and healthier, and we're creating better ways of doing things. That we don't we can't even comprehend yet the possibilities of what that might be. Yeah. Right? No, no, no doubt about it. I, I love that idea. So I'll, I'm going to throw a question at you because I want to go back to the one billion that we have in common. Yes. But um, uh, the question I have for you is if you could think back to a teacher or a coach that impacted you the most positively, do you have a name that pops into your mind right away? I mean, truly, I can't name a single person. Right. I mean, I can name I can name 20 people. Right. But I can't say there's a single person. That is like the, the one. I will say, you know, I've said this before that the with Peter Diamandis, the billion member, I will definitely acknowledge came from being a part of that community, and we could talk about it. But I mean, literally, when you said that, I had the present day people that I've worked with as advisors yeah. and coaches that are that are informing me today. I have literal teachers and coaches that I remember as being a child from like six years old. I remember my family, my parents, my grandparents, all popped into my mind at the same time, right? So That's fantastic to have that level of a number of positive impacts yes. is, is amazing. You know, when I ask that question, probably one of the chief names that pop into my mind <clears throat> is my grandma Rose. Uh, she yeah. passed away several years ago at about 97. Mm. But um, I actually had a brother who had a pretty critical bout with cancer when he was young. Yeah. And I was young as well, a little kid. Yeah. And so my parents couldn't take care of me and him. And so they sent me to live with my grandma. Yeah. And my grandma Rose was a profound woman, like yes. the depth of her wisdom, her care and her love for everyone around her, including me, really yeah 
changed me for the rest of my life. And I often think about that in the context of what you're talking about, bringing that whole self to work as far as a leader goes. And I often have challenged leaders and I challenge myself is in some other room, in some other podcast, somewhere along the way, if someone asked, who's that person that impacted you positively? Does your name come up? Even if it's 50, 100 people that come up in your mind over time, would your name come up? And that's really, in some ways, a way that you need to perform each and every day as a leader is to be that person that had that positive impact. Because, again, it's that great quote of no one, no one remembers what you say. No one remembers what you do. They remember how you made them feel. Yes. And feel is, I think, what has permission to come back into work. Um, and I think that's awesome. And plus, we need to be prepared for a whole new generation coming into work that actually is bringing feeling in. And yeah. they're not going to not bring it in. It is, it is in. And it's not going to be shut off or closed down. Yes, I agree with I agree with that fully. So one, as you were talking about, first off, I appreciate you sharing always your story about that's where we connected, about your own family lineage and what's kind of helped you to become who you are. I mean, when you said that about your grandparents, my your grandmother, excuse me, I immediately thought of my grandparents again and the impact that they had on me. Um, but I think to your point, there's absolutely a role for feeling in the workplace. I think that's a that that requires in order to feel in a healthy manner, this goes back to the idea of guides. It requires one to sit in, in presence and awareness and acknowledgement and to see what is, right, of what, what is what you're experiencing, but also what is around you. And I think this is part of, back to this wholeness, this idea of where do we get into, how do we create what is truth and what is feeling and where those intersect in the whole matter? Because they're not, we, we're, I, there's a concern I have that people are losing sight at the expense of the other. And what we need to do is continue to push them together and to keep kind of Literally, you know, making that sauce, if you will, because that yes. them individually has power in their different pieces. But when you bring them together as that recipe, that's when it's that's the synergy. It's the multiplication effect. That's the that's the combustion that happens of creation, literally. And I think that we need to continue. And that's part of what I believe. And this is back to your idea of smarter is that we're helping people educate and learn from one another. How to, how to be more expansive, how to develop new skills, new ways of being, new ways of suspending what you believe to be able to receive other points of view and then be able to mirror that back and to continue to evolve in that spiral of growth, right? So anyway, I love what you just said, Jess. Yeah, thank you. I, um, I couldn't agree more with that idea, though, that, you know, um, action and reaction, right? It's with with every point of positivity or negativity, there's something that comes back. And you guys have a big vision. So uh, we'll talk about this yeah. billion number now. So at yeah. FINA, you know, I was a client before I became the CHRO and chief evangelist. I was a client of theirs for eight years at Lifetime, which a healthy way of life company, another missional company that wants to change the lives of people in a positive way. So so purpose is really important to me under my profession. Like I need to have a purpose of why we're doing what we're doing and make it accretive to the world around us. And Phenom was built on one purpose and one purpose alone. It's that That's to help a billion people find the right job. And I love that right job because you think about, you know, there's a few things that make a life kind of flow. 
One of it is having peace and ability to grow and to be a real human and a true human in who you are. And then the ability to do that in a home and then to have a going concern from a livelihood that allows you to actually pay and economically grow that. And creating the equality to all of that is super important, right? So I love that about Phenom. I mean, it's not like a million people. It's not like 200 million. It's a billion people get the right job so they yeah. feel filled and centered. Talk to me a little bit about Life Guide because you know, you have this amazing uh, vision too. I'll, I'll, set, I'll say it, just to positively impact the lives of 1 billion people in 15 years. Yes. Holy moly, dude, that is, that is big, but yes. I love the positively impact, you know, and you talk about love and you got love on your hat and yeah. elevating and accountability and resilience and all that cool stuff. But talk about that in relation yeah. to feasibility versus vision yeah. and yes. why you guys decided that number. So, okay. So a couple of things before I tell you the background and where we are on that, I want to, I wanted to share, acknowledge something else you said. People desire peace, people desire growth, people desire to flourish in their home, in their work and have access to opportunity, right? Those are things that we are mutually yeah. on the same page, right? The reason why those are so important, those are, just the foundational level of what it means to be a human being in this world. Right? It yeah. It's not going to change. Even if with whatever level of technology, technological innovation we have, those things, the shared human experience will be the same. So that means that affecting a billion people is even possible because there's 8 billion people in the world. So if we reach a billion of them, that means we're making great progress towards yeah. moving the world forward, if you will. It's the it's the Archimedes quote. If you find the right fulcrum point, you can move the world, right? My business partner says that a lot. That's what we're doing. So going back a second, where that number originally came from, back to Peter Diamandis. So when I, we were both, we were myself, my business partner, some of our early investors, we were all part of the Abundance 360 community. Um, this is almost 10 years ago now we were part of this. We were talking about AI and robotics, personalized medicine, you know, just major technical, technological disruption. And the idea was through these enhancements in technology, entrepreneurs literally can create businesses that have the ability to touch a billion people's lives. So people are talking about space exploration and AI and all these different things. And what we said is, what's the pieces that are not going to change? What is what is it makes us uniquely special and what is needed as human beings to flourish? We said, what if we built a business around that, around human connection, around empathy, around wisdom sharing, around helping people to navigate the uncertainties of life to be more resourced in their struggles and to help them move towards greater levels of purpose, vitality, and joy in their family systems? So that was the entire basis of the, of the system as we started. And as you know, or as you may know, and the listeners know, the idea of in that community is about exponential growth. Right. Exponential is the, the compounding, the doubling of the, of the constant group. And so when you think about when you, know, you, when you compound every day or every month or every year. So if you just to put it in perspective, for example, if you if we bring on one member as a guide and then they have to tell people two people and then they go to tell more people and they go tell two more people and two and four more people and eight more people. And so it starts to, the math gets very exciting, very quickly, yeah, very fast. Exactly. And that's the part where that's what we said. How can we and because this is a, a model built on sharing stories, sharing wisdom, sharing life experiences, that exponential effect can exist in real time. Right. And it becomes realistic. So what we did and now actually the slide we created that actually shows 
the annual compounding effect of the lives that we're touching based on bringing new people onto our platform, based on the fact that they're sharing it with their colleagues and their friends and family. They're bringing on new members, bringing on new companies. That allows us to serve the business market. It allows us to serve the consumer market. It allows us to serve nonprofits and responsive initiatives. It allows us to serve the community effect and network effect of all those different pieces. So we've modeled it out to get to over a billion lives that are touched by our product in some way in 15 years. Like we've literally done the math. And so we're making progress every every day and every year on that math. And so it's not just a matter of, hey, this is this is a wild idea. You know, yeah. in the early days, people like, these guys are crazy. And, and we liked it. But we actually are modeling a method to do this. And I think that's where it gets really fascinating. Well, that almost feels like you almost bring it down to the individual. What a great challenge yeah. even for our listeners to say, you know, I have a I have a life mission of I want to leave people in the world better than I found them. So yeah. my goal every day is to actually be my best self. I, I fail, but I definitely work towards that. And that helps me in the most minute things like small little teeny transactions, yeah. as well as large things and what you choose to do and what kind of dad you decide to be. Right. Yeah. So. I love the idea of the multiplying effect and we can do that as individuals too. Again, it's that whole idea of the vibration of who you are in the world matters. And um, your, your math, I think is so fun. When you think about the compounding interest, I remember as a kid reading a story about if you take a penny and you double it every day for 30 days, I think you have like a million dollars. It's way more than that. It's over a billion. It's like over a billion, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's I mean, it's a lot. And I always thought, you know, as a kid, I remember a couple of times I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that. Well, you start doing it. You get to about day 15 and it's almost impossible to find enough pennies at that point. Yeah, right? you can on the calculator. It doesn't fit on the calculator if you try to. Do yeah, it. exactly. So it's a really that is a powerful image to understand, too. It feels to me, Derek, like the way Life Guys is set up is it's almost like also. I don't hold all of the truth. Correct. I don't hold all the information. There are people that have life experiences yes. that actually can profoundly impact someone. And those experiences can help other people. But no one's a holder of the doctrine, right? It's Thank actually you. way more organic than that. Am I getting that right from how you even set up your coaches? Because yes. that's a really intriguing thing, too, because everybody wants to hold IP. And yes. it feels to me like you're like, no, the IP is not holding IP. It's just yes. connecting the people that want to be connected. So, okay. So first off, that's why the name is guides, right? Cause we're just right. all the, all the guides, or as you call them, coaches are doing, they're not, they're just helping the person who's seeking guidance, quote unquote, as we call them members to access their own answers, right? Everyone's story and journey is different. And so someone can say, hey, when I went through the process of caregiving for my loved ones, these are the things that I experienced. Your situation is yours. You have your background, your education, your biases, your privileges, your perspectives. Here's what I'm going to help mirror and give you some perspective on. Here's where I'm going to point you in certain directions, but it's going to help you on that path. That's the fundamental role to your point. So I want to just share two other interesting kind of mirrors and a data point for you. So think about what Airbnb was 20 years ago. Right. They were tapping into the fact that everyone has extra couches. Uh, they had a spare bedroom. Then they had a whole apartment. They had, you know, they wanted to kind of timeshare. And so the entire system around sharing physical space, but more importantly, sharing experiences was created. But through this design, it's exactly described Airbnb up until people created a business around it. 
didn't own any property. They were merely tapping into this yeah. community that wanted to share their property so they could have a more rich experience and, and move around the world and experience what the world had to offer. So I, I rave that because that's an important kind of example in a different category of what we're yeah. doing, life experience and wisdom and empathy sharing. But then also one of the things you mentioned about the math, and this is something that's relevant for both of us, in the United States alone, there are 169 million employable, employable people in this country, right? That's the math. Now think about all the children that are part of that. Now, now do the global number on that, right? The, the, the opportunity and ability to reach a billion people and affect their lives in a positive way gets real very fast when you figure out a way to draft off of and build new systems to access these people in a way that's meaningful, cost-effective, and, and full of quality. Yeah, I, I think that's actually brings back a kind of an interesting uh, question I'd love you to react to as well, because obviously corporate America has taken on the mantle of being the transactional place, the intersection of yes. several things, like traditionally it's healthcare and 401ks and things like that. But in the past, companies didn't do that. In our lived history, they always have, but they didn't always. No. And now we're seeing this actually starting to take place with wellness programs, right? That yeah. was kind of the, the 90s and 2000s. And now we're talking about mental health and we're talking about kind of mental uh, agility and yeah. companies role in that. So what's your perspective? I mean, obviously you're selling to companies yeah. just like we are, right? The company's role in actually providing life guides or yeah. coaching or what have you, where's their role and why does it, why does it land there yeah. uh, for, uh, for organizations and for communities? It's back to what you said, and it's not just to life guides. It's to any number of different services and offerings. Yeah. What, it comes yeah. down to, what it comes down to is it's back to this individualization, this personalization of what we all have, that we're all, you know, people are more aware that we're sovereign, unique individuals, having our own experiences in community with other people having their own experiences. And what companies have done is create some level of shared mission or purpose or goal or outcome that they're trying to accomplish together and finding the right way to infuse those individualized needs, situations, motivations, skills, talents as part of the big go forward path. That's what was trying to be fixed right now. It's this collision again of the big mass of resource with the individual piece and, and you know, minute like piece of sand as yeah. part of the beach, as part of the ocean, as part of the planet. And this is literally what we're doing in real time as a species, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I think I. I also look at it kind of. I look at it as kind of a story. Like yes. we have a meta narrative, which is the community, corporations. We have the, the 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 our own hero's journey that we're looking for our own way to connect to the larger story. Companies, I think, there's a couple of things I think about when comes to mental health and investing in people from a coaching standpoint or a guide standpoint to your to your uh, life guides uh, formula is there is a ROI piece of it, right? It actually pays off and there can be a really good outcome for the yeah. company financially from a retention standpoint, from a right. culture standpoint. But there's also, it's the right thing to do element. Yeah. And I think a lot of companies, and I think hopefully our listeners that are are taking notes are saying, you know, there are a lot of companies that are starting to say, hey, we're going to do this because it's the right thing to do. And we believe the right thing to do is going to be accretive to our organization. Yeah. I think that that's part of the transition and kind of connecting the grains of sand to the larger kind of yes. universe. That's part of it to me is companies starting to go, oh, our moral compass is asking us, 
to do this because it's the right thing to do. So, so I'm glad you said that because I think it's important to give this voice too, right? So yes, everything you just said, wholeheartedly, fully agree with. And we are about to go through, I believe, a period of resistance. We're seeing it already. There's resistance to, I mean, look at the media right now, what's happening around the idea of diversity, equity, inclusion, right, as a concept. Look at the idea of what's happening around conscious capitalism. Look at the idea of what's the narrative that's shifting related to remote work and the morality of these different systems. There's a whole new conversation that's taking place. And we're seeing, again, individualized perspectives, groups of people. There will be a natural state of disagreement, tension, friction that's happening right now. And that's that's actually part of the process. So it actually requires, back to the heart, the will and the courage of people to lean in and, and to create truth and create opportunities for people to show up as their whole selves, to share their voice fully, but also to do it from a place of, of love, from a place of heart, from a place of forgiveness, from a place of desire to understand. Because that, I believe, is what's going to allow us to move through this. Because it's going to get hard. I mean, when you think about exercise it's you you are strained you are you are challenged to grow it gets painful it's tiring we're we're you know the last couple of years were the getting one of that process like covid was the was the awakening now the work starts right we're not we need to get our you know, uh, uh what do you call it our stamina our endurance re- ready this is a marathon not a sprint yep yeah no i i think that's right i think we are in you know, we were unfrozen through the through the uh, from our normal state through the pandemic. We're now in a liminal kind of middle middle state state of change, and we are moving to a new normal. But I think that new normal is going to be a little more flexible, a little more fluid uh, yeah. than uh, than our past. And um, so, as we kind of wind up on time, boy, did this go fast. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of leadership principles and a lot of insight that has been offered today. Um, bringing it back to you, uh, there's a real fundamental purpose behind what you do. And we talked about that earlier. Can you tell uh, the audience or give the audience some uh, so a little picture into you on the one or two big events uh, in your life that helped you kind of turn your leadership eye towards this positive, accretive, whole self yeah. uh, mentality to the point where you're willing to spend your time, your energy, your investment dollars into something like uh, Life Guides. So again, it's hard to narrow it down to a single thing. But I, I've, I've been telling the story lately. What's that? But I, I'll tell this story. So when I was about seven years old, literally, I remember at seven years old, having this awareness of Derek existing in this world of life right and literally being like what am i doing here why am i here what's my purpose like this is it was a very visceral experience i remember vividly this moment of just like what is, what is it i'm supposed to do here and i i always joke that i was seeking from that time the purpose and meaning of what life is or was or was is for me and i went on a spiritual and philosophical journey through a lot of my you know early early life, right? But at, as I developed different experiences and I moved into the business world, from the time I entered the business world, I just knew intuitively that there was a different way and that there was and about the idea that you can create it and we as people create the future. I just felt that. And, and so I then, to your question, dedicated myself as a student and continue to, to learn how to operate in the present or what the systems are, to learn about how we got to where we were, what, what, what can we bring forward? What are the possibilities? And to expose myself to all different point, points of view, beliefs, 
people, things that challenged me, tested me, things that I didn't like, things that I was afraid of. And I continue to throw myself into that day after day after day because I believe that's part of my personal experience. But I believe that's also part of what we're all doing. We're all just figuring it out. And we're all supported in many aspects of by our, by our, what's, what's come before us and what is to come. And yeah. I don't know how else to say it, but that for me is, is the best way to describe why I do what I do. And I feel like I'm just in the early stages of this walk. So yeah, I love that. So I think one of the things I hear out of that, though, is we have to trust our own self-realization and the self-realization of the people around us. You know, yes. I sometimes think we can demean what we rise one day out of a dream and go, I just understand. I understood something differently. So I love the idea that you can go back to being seven and there was a self-realization. It wasn't necessarily a teaching moment from anyone else or something you read, but it was just you being aware of your connectivity to the world. That yes. is a powerful reminder to all of us, no matter what, listen to the small voice, um, trust yourself, um, and move in truth, right? And that, yeah. that's kind of the that's kind of the power of that if I uh, if I can kind of think about it as I as I heard you talk about it. Yeah. And then to your comment, I mean it's clear to me that I needed to start doing an effort to to intentionally break down all these little moments and experiences and work that I've done because I feel like if I if I take some time to really do that analysis, I'll find some even more big gems that'll be mined from that. So Yeah. Well, I think, you know, it's it's what's cool though is that I think what you've built uh with the team at Life Guides, there's there's so much good principle there. Um and uh it, I, I think as we kind of tear uh, tape taper down uh the the time today uh to make sure we let you get on with your day as well, is I was thought I thought about a meditation that I got today. Um I get a meditation every day that I keep I keep and ponder. And mine today was uh make sure that you're setting you're setting up calm over worry, faith mm. over fear. And I think that's a good reminder for all of us is that in the midst of a, a world that seems chaotic at times and we feel like we may not have as much control as we need, there are a lot of organizations that are here to support yes. people in talking it out, working through a process, and that you can learn how to actually manage and understand and embrace your emotions and be able to move forward with that with calm and faith, uh, knowing that you can build that next thing, that you can move on, you can make it till tomorrow, you can overcome the obstacle. That's a pretty powerful uh, statement and a really cool life's work um, uh, that you're uh, you're pursuing individually as a leader and putting that into practice every day with uh, with the work you're doing at Life Guides. Well, thanks, Jess. I really appreciate you saying that. And I appreciate that you're doing the work as well and that we're on this journey of leadership and mastery together as friends and, and colleagues. So thank you for the opportunity. Well, here's an encouragement. Thank you, Derek. Uh, here's my encouragement is let's go out today and create goodness and change. Um, and uh, let's just keep uh, Derek's hat in mind as we go out and talk to the people around us that we all do it all with love. Derek, thank you very much again for your time and your energy and your passion around what you do. Um, and thanks, everyone, for making it to Smarter. And remember, we can all be smarter when we work together. You take care. So thanks for joining me and Derek on Smarter. Uh, I was really looking forward to this Smarter podcast. It's, I think partly because as HR leaders, um, I think if we learned anything from this podcast today is that emotional value and business value don't have to be separate. We don't have to sacrifice one for the other, but often our businesses are demanding that people are sacrificing that emotional value for their business value. 
I think as HR leaders, we can help the organizations balance both. In fact, a recent study just showed that nine out of 10 employees rate their mental health as really good when they have balanced workloads and they have a supportive manager. And we always know that leader always factors into people's overall satisfaction in their organization. So keep that in mind when we're trying to balance those two values that Derek talked about. And 50% employees right now are saying that their mental health is better. And I think it's because so many organizations are focused on offering mental health performance coaching or some other uh, opportunity for people to address that every single day. And just normalizing and destigmatizing, talking about mental health is really important. Three takeaways today is number one, I am so thankful that people like Derek exist in the world that are creating with an amazing team, uh, a great organization uh, like Life Guides that are used in, in other companies to make a difference in people's overall mental health. And so that's pretty awesome. The second thing is, is that we learn that businesses can be powerful catalysts for change. I love that focus that Derek had on that. And so the question I would ask you is that if you're in a leadership position, how is your business positioned to do that, to be up in a position to change? And then finally, um, the powerful reminder to all of us is that no matter what, we should listen to our inner voice. It can often speak the truth to us and help us get what we need in our lives every single day. Remember, there are no bad parts inside of who we are, and there is a leader inside of you every single day that's guiding you to be the best version of yourself. So thank you, Derek, for joining us on Smarter. Thank you all for actually joining us as well. And thanks for tuning in. This is Jess Elmquist with Smarter.